transformational change. Real people, real pain, real hopelessness, real healing. Witness firsthand the challenges that men and women from around the world faced head on and how through their adversity they became stronger and happier. Battling a life-threatening illness, surviving an abusive relationship, overcoming addiction, suffering the heartbreaking loss of a child, wrestling with self-sabotaging thoughts, losing and finding love. These are just a few of the transformational stories that will encourage you and change your perspective in chaos to clarity. A global voice of the contributing authors bears their souls for you. Their unfettered honesty is a gift to all and connects us to the butterfly effect of universal oneness. Just as the flapping of a tiny wing can change weather patterns around the world, a small inspiration may impart positively on another's life. The tears shed from these stories may make waves on distant shores, and your peals of laughter may become someone's breath of life. Change is part of the natural order of life. In this inspirational book, authors Caganello and Canavas offer their expertise on the spirituality and psychology of change and explain why change is not only necessary, it's good for you. Welcome to the heart of our shared humanity. Discover hope for the future and a blueprint for your life in these life-changing pages. I'm Richard Dugan, your host on this special edition, a month-long look at the book, Chaos to Clarity. The entire month is devoted to authors from this book to help you and encourage you. Stay tuned. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And keep this in mind. I have declared the year 2020, the year of perfect vision. So let's go from chaos to clarity. Let's go from change to perfect vision here in 2020. The entire month of January, stay with us here on Tell Me Your Story. Now let's go find out about change in chaos to clarity. And as we continue here in the month of January 2020, 2020, the year of perfect vision, we continue our series of interviews with the authors and contributors to a book that I certainly hope that you will go to sacredstoriespublishing.com to get a copy of, and that is Chaos to Clarity. Chaos to Clarity is the title of the book, and we have had uh, a total of 12 special guests who are authors, contributors to that book that was put together um, uh, by the co-publishers of uh, uh, the book as well as the uh, co-publishers of sacredstoriespublishing.com. Uh, and today uh, we have with us another one of those very special guests who has contributed to this. And I think this is going to be really appropriate considering here we are in a new year, a new month, a new cycle, if you will, a new phase, if you will. But we're still sort of dealing with a lot of the same stuff, which is okay because we've got a lot of people here that will help us, that can help us through. And we're going to talk this on this program with a metaphysician, one of my favorite people. I'm a metaphysician, too. Uh, although uh, I have no equipment of any kind, <laughs> which is an advantage. And I believe, I'm hoping I get this last name correct. Ellie Pache, is that correct? Oh, that is close enough, Richard. It's, it, you can pronounce it either Pache or Pachette. Both are fine. Excellent. Sounds French to me. It's actually Romanian. Romanian. All right. Well, very good. Uh, I don't want to misplace you in the annals of history here. Um, all right. Well, Ellie Pachette, metaphysician, uh, has written a couple of items that are in, a couple of stories that are in the, uh, the book Chaos to Clarity. And uh, one of them has to do with something that I think that we've all faced. We've all dealt with it sometime in our lives. I have to say that at one point in my life, I couldn't say that. 
At least I, I didn't look at it that way. The title of her story is A Day I Lost My Beloved Companion. So obviously we're going to be speaking about loss, but I think we'll also be talking about uh, grief and, and sadness and those kinds of things. A quote from the, uh, the uh, uh, story is that she said she is going to come back to me in my next life as a close and loving uh, relationship or relative, I should say. And that actually sounds quite familiar to what my dog said to me through a, an animal communicator uh, before we released her from her, unfortunately, uh, ailing and uh, uh, breaking down body. Uh, but boy, did she, she gave her all throughout her entire life. Tell us about uh, your beloved. Sure. Uh, what, what would you like to know about her? She, she was a, a very uh, <clears throat> sentient uh, being. Um, she had lives not only as a, um, you know, in other animal forms, but she also was uh, human. And um, I found out myself through an animal communicator that uh, she and I were both uh, women in um, in sort of a, a gypsy um, lifetime where we used to dance. We, we were very close friends. So, um, mm. you know, that helped me understand the close bond that I had with with this turtle, turtle in this life. <laughs> mm -hmm. And a lot of people might think, oh, how in the world can you have <laughs> any kind of in-depth relationship with a turtle, seriously? Well, let me let me share a, a, a little brief story with you. My wife came into possession of a desert tortoise many years ago, shortly after we met, actually, and we were talking about one that she wasn't much bigger than... A half dollar, maybe a silver dollar. And um, uh -huh. she grew to be much larger than that, but not by much. And we brought her with us to Santa Barbara. We kept her in a terrarium. Uh, unfortunately, our cats decided they were going to turn her into a play toy. Uh, they injured her fatally to where we had to take her to the vet. And the vet told us that they had never had to put down a tortoise before. Never had to do that before. And I thought, wow. Okay. Uh, of course, I'd never thought of it either in that respect. So, um, but we, we, her name was Colleen and named after my wife, my, one of my wife's uh, nieces, uh, who she was close to as she was growing up. And yeah, you can clo grow close to pretty much any animal. I mean, we had lovebirds. Um, and the same thing happened. So when, when you talk about this relationship, first of all, uh, when did you, uh, meet, I was going to say acquire, but that's not how that works. When did you meet, uh, your, your beloved, your turtle? And what was, uh, what was your turtle's name? Uh, we met in my, I was in my twenties and I, was just um, speaking with a friend about a dream that I had had the night before uh, about a turtle. And I didn't think anything more of, of it than that. And, uh, you know, I think divine guidance was, was at work here um, because the next day my friend and I got together and, and she showed up with a, with a turtle, with, with this turtle. And I was, um, <laughs> I was surprised and I said, what am I going to do with this? I, I've never, you know, I never even thought of, a, you know, getting a, a turtle or a reptile. Um, but it really, it truly was meant to be, as I found out, you know, over the years. As far as her name, I named her uh, Ellie Jr. It just, I don't know why I did it, but it, it just felt right. <laughs> so it stuck. <laughs> Well, have you had you you've had other animals over the years in this lifetime? I have, yes. I, I have two cats actually that are very old. Well, that were very old until one of them uh, left at the end of October. But they both got to be twenty and a half. Oh, well, believe it or not, based upon the information we have about one of our um, beautiful black cats, uh, he was actually uh, adopted by us when our dear friend passed away in our home. His name was Amos. Uh, 
he lived to be 25. And that's old for a cat. <laughs> that's really old. That's amazing. It really is. And then, of course, we've also had another one uh, who actually was born in our home. His name was Merlin. And let me tell you, he lived up to his name. <laughs> he could disappear. <laughs> We'd search the house. And now we, we live in a thousand, almost a thousand square foot home. It's not that big, as, as you might imagine. And yeah. we'd search everywhere. We couldn't find him. And all of a sudden he'd show up, you looking for me? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's wonderful to have these animals in our, in our lives. And at the same time, uh, even as we speak, we're going through a little bit of a, uh, uh, a period where we have um, one of our cats who we adopted, if you will, at eight days of age. I mean, you literally, he was, your hand would encompass him uh, if you put him in your hand. My wife would nurse him every day, you know, with a a feeding bottle. And now he's 15 pounds, but he's suffering from uh, what you call uh, uh, kidney stones of of a sort, the crystals that sort of develop. Yeah. It's the second time through for him, too. The first time it was $3,000, and the second time it's almost the same amount. So we now euphemistically call him our $5,000, or now it's $6,000 cat. But I will tell you, um, it's worth it, you know, and it's not putting us into financial jeopardy or anything, but it's, uh, it's still something you think about. And I was sharing this with the vet. I said, why do we even have to think about this when we're trying to take care of the ones that we truly love? We don't have any human children. So these are our children. Yeah. You know, that's right. So, well, you know. Richard, I, I could help you with that, and for a lot less money. I, <laughs> you know, a couple, I, really, a, a couple of sessions. Um, I, I can dissolve kidney stones. I've done it for my own cats. Well, it's it's a combination of dissolving them, and then of course not allowing them to come back again, or keeping them from coming back too. And of course, we've changed the food. We're now onto distilled water, and and that's all supposed to help. But we're in that phase right now where he's home with us. Brought him home last night. Uh, we're giving him the uh, the medications that are uh, required to keep him comfortable until his body heals sufficiently where he doesn't need these meds anymore. Um, he's, he's doing his thing and, and we're doing our best we can to care for him. And that's really from your perspective as an animal lover, uh, and certainly communicating with, uh, intuitives who, uh, uh, communicate with our animals that as you have as well as, as I, um, all we can do is the best we can do. We give them everything that we can and like with my beautiful uh, white shepherd uh, 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 husky mix, Makushla, we gave her everything we could for 14 months. I mean, we were caregivers to her for 14 months. And finally, she said, hey, it's time. I- I- I'm ready. Please let me go. And, and we yeah. did. And it was a beautiful thing. We did it in our home. The animals came around. One of the animals came over, licked her face. Another one came down, laid next to her. Uh, our big king shepherd Angus, he came over, and, and I mean, it was like everybody came over to pay their respects, and then we and then we set her free. So, yeah. talk to uh, talk to us from your perspective as an animal lover and going through this yeah. loss of your beloved um, about that aspect of doing everything you can without sacrificing your well being. Can you can you talk to us about that from that perspective? Yeah, but could I just touch on on one point before I before I respond sure. to your mm-hmm. question? Mm-hmm. So you know, I think you know, there's the medical model, and then there's the natural healing model, which is you know what I do. Mm-hmm. And for years, until I realized that I could heal one of the cat's um, urinary tract infections, I I took her the medical route a few times. Then I realized that I, why not try it myself? And from then on, I was able to to heal them. So I was able to, to avoid putting her through the stress of taking her to the vet, you know, in the car and then the, the kind of sterile environment, um, doctors and strangers touching and probing her. And uh, I was able to heal her in the comfort of her own home mm-hmm. um, and did not need to use medication. Uh, so... 
Anyway, I was just going to say with with your cat, you know, there's the the physical aspect, but there's also there can also be an emotional and a spiritual aspect. And, um, you know, if, if, if I was to work with your cat, uh, I, I would look and see if there's an emotional or a spiritual aspect as well as the physical. And then that's how you really that's how you really get the issue and, and keep it from um you know, coming back, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, and and I mean, and each animal has a, his or her own uh, issues, just like you and I. You know, yeah. our our physical condition is really based upon our our emotional uh, uh, makeup, if you will, uh, or we could yep. say our emotional baggage. <laughs> yes, yes, the mind body connection. Yeah. Very, very true. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what about this aspect of uh, giving all we can to our beloved uh, uh, friends, family members, if you will, non-human, I should maybe make that more specific, um, in terms of uh, uh, um, giving them everything that we can without... Again, without sacrificing self, because the first rule, for example, the first rule of survival is take care of number one, because if you don't take care of you, then how can you take care of anybody else? Yeah. Talk to us about that a little bit. Oh, um, well, can can you be do you have a, a more specific uh, question? Well, in terms of um, having to like, like, you know, there, there have been times when we've literally had to consider the financial aspects of it. Can we really afford to do this, you know, without putting ourselves in financial jeopardy, you know, down the road yeah. uh, and, and so forth, as opposed to, and as a matter of fact, case in point, uh, my wife told me of a story of one of her coworkers who has a dog yeah. had, had a tumor on yeah. its tail. Yeah. Took it to the vet. The they would the only way that they were going to help this dog was to remove the tail because the tumor was that invasive in the tail, which of course is part of the animal's spine. Yeah. It was going to cost $5,000. The vet would not take payments. So the only option they had was to put the dog down. Uh I I I just I I, I was flabbergasted. That there were there were no other options other than putting the animal down. It's one thing if the animal's suffering to the to the extent that there really isn't more they can do, but if there was something they could have done that could have given the dog another few years of great life, yeah. And the option was to put it down. I mean, everybody there are, there there are groups of people who are so opposed, for example, to human abortion. Okay, well, how in the world can it's, it, to me this is the same thing. This dog is is alive it's happy it's doing its thing and that's the only thing you can come up with because the people can't come up with the money um, yeah I, I i yeah I, that's that's hard what a what a predicament yeah to be in you know to really want to do the best thing for your beloved companion and to be literally between a rock and a hard place, yeah, um, that must have been extremely difficult for her. Let me ask you about how you became connected with uh, Patricia and Cat Sacred Stories Publishing, and became involved in this uh, a wonderful work called Chaos to Clarity. We're promoting this month during 2020, the year of perfect vision. Oh, sure. Uh, Patricia, sorry, not Patricia. Um, Kathy and I go back many years and um, she and her, her, she and her husband actually um, sought out my healing services. And, uh, you know, that was my initial uh, meeting with them. They, they both came together and I thought, wow, this, this is like, a, this is like a dynamic duo. You know, they, they were very, um, um uh, uh powerful for lack of a uh, of a of a better word and uh anyway so um i worked with them a few times and then um cat and i um became friends and uh have stayed in touch over the years and 
she uh, reached out and told me, you know, that she would love me to submit a story in this this anthology. And uh, it felt right. And so I, I wrote it in about uh, one day when, mm. when we got off the phone. I just I just got out my laptop and I, I, I downloaded the whole story. I'd never written it out before. And um, uh, it felt really good to do it and submit it. And it was approved. And um, and, and that's that, that's the story mm. in a nutshell. And uh, in terms of the story that you submitted, and of course, I've had the opportunity to speak and interview both of them for this series of programs we're doing this month. Um, <clears throat> uh, was was there only one particular story that just jumped out and it, it landed on the quote unquote page, virtual page, as it were? Uh, or after you wrote the first one, did you see, somehow come up with some others that... Gee, you know, these might be good ones, too. Or did, was that one just so profound for you that, boom, that was it? Yeah. Well, uh, that was the one that that really um, kind of presented itself as, as the one to write about at the time. And um, that, that was the one that I had, you know, time to, to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm sure that... If there's another opportunity, another anthology, uh, I'm, I'm sure I could um, come up with other stories that would be meaningful and, and um, maybe helpful for the readers. Yeah. You have a website that is called phoenixrisinghealing.com. You're an intuitive counseling and energy healer. Uh, you do long distance worldwide, obviously, with the technologies that we have today. Although these, what you do would work whether we had the technologies or not. It just makes it a whole lot more personal uh, with the, the ability to use Skype and or Zoom or whatever other video uh, types of programs that we have available or just a telephone either way. Uh, and I, I would venture that that has really made a big difference in terms of uh, in terms of you're really being able to connect with people and assist them in terms of their own personal healing. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it certainly helps. You know, I, I like to give the people I work with options so, you know, they can, I can work with them over the phone. I can work with them over Skype, over zoom so that we can see each other. And a lot of people like that. Um, but I also work with, uh, clients, relatives, and, and children, sometimes they're adult children uh, who might not be on board consciously for, for the, the um, energy work that I do. Uh, and, and the way that I deal with that, um, if their parent really wants me to, to help them, is I, I talk to their higher self and I get permission to work with them. And, uh, and then I, I, you know, the higher self always wants what's best for the, for the person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I'll have the parent, um, uh, send me, uh, pictures, you know, one or two pictures, um, and fill out a couple of forms that I, I send out, uh, to, to whoever I work with. And um, and I get really good, really good results, even if I'm not working with them directly. In fact, I was able to um, one of my favorite examples is um, a, a client's adult son. Sorry, it's all right. She's a little bit early, um, but. Um, Anyway, um, this was a, a bright young guy in his in his twenties who had Tourette's, and uh, I was able to. That was one of the, the issues that I was able to heal for him without working with him directly. So one day the Tourette's is there, the next day it was gone. <laughs> so uh, that's just one example. It, it 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 does really it does really work. I, I love the fact that. Um, you know, I, I can work with almost anybody uh, just by connecting with them energetically. And, you know, a picture, a, a picture helps 
that process. Yeah. Tell me about the different modalities that you use aside from your intuition. Are there particular energy healing process techniques like Reiki or other things of that nature that you use, or is it strictly, is it strictly uh, an intuitive process for you? It is um, a high level of intuition and um, my guides also work with me. So, you know, the first 20 minutes of every session, I will be talking with the client I'm, I'm doing the session with. And as I'm talking with them, I'm honing and honing, uh, uh, kind of pr probing in intuitively, you know, to, to, to get to what is going to be the most helpful issue to clear for this person the session and um as as i'm doing that all of a sudden i'll just hear the exact phrase of what it is that needs to be cleared now that will come from my guides who are working with me in conjunction and uh i will double check it um i use a pendulum a lot and it's kind of like muscle testing the person that i'm speaking with hmm. um, and uh, I'll double check it. And nine times out of 10, it's, it's spot on. Even, even the wording is very specific and it has to be specific, uh, you know, to, to really be as effective as it is. Does that answer your question? It does, yes. And people can uh, access this uh, uh, healing process through you, uh, through your website, uh, phoenixrisinghealing.com, as well as they can also dial you up. Uh, you're out there in New England, uh, which is a beautiful place to be, although I've only flown over it a couple of times, either on my way to New York in 93 or on my way to Ireland in 2003 and 2004. Uh, but they can call you at 508 to 237 4929 to get more information as well as find out more about you and the work that you do and obviously you have lots of testimonials on uh, on the website as well as on YouTube uh, how did you get started in this healing uh, this healing process when when were you um, when did you discover that you had this ability yeah, a lot of people ask me that. It, 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 it's a good question. Um, when did I discover it? Honestly, it's it, it's not like I woke up one day and I said, "Wow, I'm you know, I, I'm a I healer." All these things, I'm this healer. <laughs> it's been a. It's really been a, a process over the last thirty four years of you know honing and and building and fine tuning my um my abilities and for lack of a better term my my power and and that's not an ego term but i, I it's sort of um uh using my um the energy that i send people is really powerful and but it feels very gentle and where powerful comes in is that i can literally dissolve whatever the issue is that I have been intuited and that, that my guides have um, also, you know, confirmed. I can literally go to the neural pathways and take a memory that is stuck there, like a trauma, say uh, sexual abuse or rape, guilt about an abortion, uh, depression, whatever it is. And, and by accessing the neural pathways, I can literally dissolve the issue and it will go from a, a nine or a 10 in terms of level of charge at the beginning of the session they can feel it dissolving and by the end of the session by the time i finish working with them it's down to a zero one um, pretty typically and it, it'll continue their whole system goes through a recalibration process in the next two to three days uh in in which uh, the, the work that I did with them continues to work and their, their whole system is adjusting. And by the next time I speak with them, if it wasn't a zero by the end of the session, it'll be a zero the next time I speak to them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean by powerful. Uh, it, it's not an ego statement. It's just, it's just what is. You, you have to have a certain amount of energy 
um, to, to be able to get results like this. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does indeed. You also deal with uh, what this is rather interesting to me, because, especially because of one of these uh, television programs that's now on the on uh, watch people are watching. Uh, the program's called Evil on the network CBS and uh, you've got two different people working on the same case. One of them is a member of the clergy within the Catholic church. The other one is a psychologist, a scientist. Okay. And uh, the only reason that they're joined up is because he is trying to get her, the psychologist to help him to determine whether or not this individual has psychological problems or is uh, possessed. I'm curious about your feelings or your observations and how you make that determination as to whether or not a person has, because this is one of the areas that you deal in demon possession, as well as negative spirit attachment. Um, how, how you make that determination, whether it's an issue that that individual has or whether they're being, they're being affected by uh, other, uh, other entities, uh, other non-physical entities, if you will. Is well, there, there's is, a. I was just going to yeah. say, is there a process you use? Um, well, th this is the other main thing that I do. I, I, there are two main branches to my work at this point. One is healing core issues, you know, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, from depression to mm -hmm. PTSD to grief. You're right. And, and the other branch of my work is um, uh, my ability as a, a natural born shaman to identify, um, speak with, uh, and remove negative entities. So whether it's a, uh, a spirit who left the physical body, but then became earthbound and got stuck here and decided to uh, enter, you know, a specific person because they resonated or they reminded them, you know, of someone that they you know, new or uh, uh, there's there's some kind of an affinity, uh, or it could be a karmic spirit, uh, which would be um, a spirit who uh, has an agenda and is is um, has a a, a beef uh, and uh, is upset with the person that they've attached to, and those are worse because they they want to they will harass. Uh, the person that they've attached to because they're angry at them, just like, you know, like we can do to, to each other, right? Two people are upset with each other and they go after each other. Well, a, a karmic spirit will do this with, with the person, but the person doesn't know why they're having certain, you know, symptoms or, or feel like there's this black cloud over them or they, you know, feel like they keep being tripped as they're trying to move forward. Mm. So those are the, those are the two main types of um, spirits, random and karmic. And I, I talk about them and I give case studies in my book, Hitching a Ride, which is on my website. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then, but I can also identify other types of entities like demons, which are not human. They, they never were human and they're much more dangerous even than spirit attachments and they're really about creating destruction and chaos and drama um I, they're really bad so if someone thinks that they have an issue with entities uh, uh they can tell that they 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 feel like someone else is um talking to them they're hearing another um, you know, uh, beings thoughts and they know that they're not their own thoughts. Those, that's one way that, um, you know, people, uh, get a sense that there is some kind of presence with them that is not normal. And so when I tune in, when someone, you know, comes to me for help with this, I can tune in, find out who it is, how long they've been there, how many there are, there could be a demon, and there could also be spirit attachments with the person. And, and there are, you know, certain situations that will make a person more susceptible and weak to to where they draw they're more likely to draw spirit attachments or mm -hmm. other entities so it could be drug use it could be um too much alcohol uh things that weaken the person's auric field make them more susceptible 
Another common cause is if someone has had um, a lot of trauma in their in their um, background, uh, in their childhood, um, if they had a, a really difficult childhood or were neglected or abused, uh, they will also be more susceptible to drawing negative energies. Mm. Now, you made a statement there I thought was rather interesting. I wanted to follow up on. You said that if they're taking drugs or alcohol, those kinds of mind-altering or affecting substances, it weakens their auric field. What can we do to strengthen our auric field? Well, <laughs> work on on um, work on balance. You know, if, if someone is going to have... You know, a drink, maybe, maybe have, have, have whatever it is uh, in in moderation. Um, I, I don't think drugs are are good. Um, period. That's my personal belief and experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a little bit of of alcohol uh, in moderation can be okay if it doesn't take over and if it doesn't become an issue. Uh, but yeah, getting into balance. Uh, meditating if uh, as much as possible, even if it's for a few minutes, um, uh, praying, connecting with one's higher self or uh, with God, you know, for people who believe in that, we need to connect to more than just what is in the here and now. And that helps to strengthen us internally, as well as our auric Field. And we can also surround ourselves with white light and blue light. Blue, blue is very effective. It's the color of Archangel Michael, mm-hmm. and it's a good form of protection. It's another layer. Does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in addition to your contributions to Chaos to Clarity, published by uh, Sacred Stories Publishing, you also have, as you mentioned, Hitching a Ride, which is a guide to earthbound spirits and how they, how they meet you. And you also have Wake Up Women Be You, uh, which I believe is the title of that book. Uh, and it's uh, Spreading Your Wings uh, uh, and uh, Learning to Fly. And uh, I'm, I wanted to maybe touch upon that. Tell us a little bit uh, about the, that particular book, Wake Up Women Be You. Ah. Um, that was actually the first anthology that I did. And um, uh, I, I actually haven't looked at it recently. So I, there's, there's not a lot that I can tell you about it. I, I, I need to take another look at it. Think okay. A lot has, has happened since then. Certainly. And that's fine. I, I know that, uh, um, of course, it, 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 this is actually listed as volume three on spirituality. I'm curious. Now, you say this was an anthology. This was uh, fiction or uh, something other than? Um, the, uh, uh, which one? The Wake Up Women Be You. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that that was nonfiction. Okay. I'm curious about, uh, your feelings these days, uh, with women coming into their, as, as the phrase, uh, which I kind of like this phrase, coming into their, uh, their own voice. I mean, they've always had it, but they're now... The the, the 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 that half of the species if you will is starting to speak up and say hey i am here and i've got things to contribute i have to tell you that with my even with my first wife even though we divorced and now i'm with my second wife um i gotta tell you if the guy who's with the gal doesn't listen to the gal more times than not he's going to be in trouble more times than not uh, he's going to be finding more stress and struggle in his life uh, because uh, my present wife, who is not only an empath, she is an intuit. Uh, she intuits all kinds of stuff. She picked up on our cat and his problems several days before we ended up having to take him in. And um, uh, she also ends up getting bombarded by the energies of people that she sometimes works around at different the places that yeah. she's worked. And it's like, yeah. How in the world do you protect yourself from this craziness that's coming at you? You know, it's and it took a long time for her to recognize that it wasn't hers. 
it wasn't her. She was not the problem. She didn't have the problem from the standpoint of, of what she was experiencing. She needed to figure out how to protect herself. And that's always been the issue um, because she's just that open to those energies. But at the same time, she's been able to use that with the patients that she's worked with in the in the uh, yeah. area of medicine that she works in, where she yeah. she's so patient oriented. Uh, matter of fact, uh, she told me uh, she's told me these two stories that are the same of a patient who just lost their spouse the day before. And they were there in the clinic receiving treatment. And it's like, how does a human being having lost their, and these were elderly folks who'd been with these people for 30, 40, maybe 50 years. And it's like, and she, she says that yeah, when she was telling me this one story, she says that when this uh, gentleman told her this, this story, and she still had many questions she had to ask him as part of the exam, she had, yeah. trouble, she had trouble holding it together. Uh, she, she was picking up on the woman's grief. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So as uh, are, are, do you consider yourself an empath? Is that part of what intuition is or is that something a very, little different? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much an empath and I can relate to what your wife has gone through, um, you know, as far as needing to to question, you know, is this my stuff or is this a specific person who, um, uh, you know, I'm tuning into or is thinking about me or am I picking up on the collective consciousness on, on what's going on out there? Yeah. So um, I, on a regular basis, need to sort this out. And that's where doing my own personal work, you know, sitting, meditating, um, uh, doing decrees, which are, are you know, positive affirmations and linking up to my higher self into spirit. You know, th those are the things that help me to um, to not take on uh, other people, uh, other people's issues and, and uh, feelings, uh, depression. <laughs> yeah. It takes work. Yeah. So uh, then the next question is having to do with the fact that you deal with both uh, humans as well as, uh, as spirits on the, you know, on the other side of the veil, as it were, how do you, uh, how, are you able to differentiate as an empath between those energies that are coming from, say, the person that's in the room with you or on Skype or Zoom or what have you, as opposed to maybe a soul or an entity that has attached themselves to this person? Is there a distinct difference that you sense between the, that human energy versus uh, the, the spirit energy coming from that entity? Yeah. Um, well, that's a really interesting question. But the, I guess my answer is usually when I'm, when I'm working with a client, I'm, I'm dealing with them. And if they have an entity or a, a spirit that's with them, they're usually quiet. It's kind of like they don't want me to discover them so that they can keep doing what they're doing. So they're quiet. Um, you know, uh, once I realize that there is a, a spirit or another type of energy form, um, as I mentioned, uh, you know, then I will address them head on. And, and I, I have a, a, an ability to ask them questions, um, to, to dialogue, and then to remove them, which is what needs to be done. So it ends up actually being a healing for them when it's a, a spirit who has gotten stuck here and the client it's a double healing in fact i did it yesterday in a session with a woman who lost her best friend in a car accident um many years ago when she was in high school and uh as i worked with her uh yesterday i, I realized that the friend was with her and had never crossed over so that was what i did in the first part of the session I, I crossed, I, I sent her friend to the light, and then I, I still was able to clear um, an issue for the client, which was grief about that friend, because she was the only real uh, positive connection that she had in her life at that time. Mm. Wow. 
Wow, that's something. Yeah. Now, what yeah. about um, uh, angels, archangels, and and that particular realm, if you will? Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Um, sure. You know, I I, I touch on uh, mediumship in in my book, Hitching a Ride. Um, which is on the website, and um, uh, everyone has guides, everyone has angels, and uh, archangels are are on a, a you know really high high form, uh, high level, and my experience is that they oversee. Uh, everyone that they're less specific to specific people mm -hmm. compared to a person's own guides and angels. Um, so the guides are here to help. They're here to help guide, uh, but people need to be open and ask for help. Uh, a lot of times they won't help unless they're asked specifically because people have free will. Yeah. And, and to that end, uh, when you're dealing with uh, all of this, what about that aspect of free will? Um, certainly you can do all that you can do. And you say on your uh, on your website that when someone comes to you with a condition, an issue that they want to resolve, uh, whatever it may be, uh, that it's gone for good. Is it gone for good unless the person chooses to let it be gone i mean can't, couldn't they resurrect that because they, they they've been caught in that that loop that pattern if you will you know how the old saying about insanity you know uh, uh doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result which is the reason why some of us go a little nuts sometimes because like why am i doing this again and again and again you know that type of thing i'd like to stop doing it uh is is, is there is there a, a part of what you do helps to sort of break that chain or break that loop yeah absolutely what i work with is the the unconscious i work with the underlying issues mm -hmm. where uh keeping the person from consciously being able to follow through with with what they want you know with their goal for example um so if someone has has been depressed their whole life uh once i clear it they're not gonna say hey you know i'd rather feel depressed and uh <laughs> or whatever it is angry or um feel grief about this person uh once i clear it it's gone for good mm -hmm. and what what it does is it frees that person up to be more in touch with their gifts, with their clarity, with feeling good in their body, um, you know, feeling good about themselves and uh, in being able to engage more in life and, and with their, you know, the people that are around them. It, it increases their capacity to love that the fewer issues people have, the more energy they have to love and to live. And of course, that's what it's really all about is 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 uh, freeing up that energy. Uh, however, we do tend to um, <laughs> I, I use the analogy of a brick wall uh, and um, uh, you can label it whatever you want. And you're trying to you're trying to get through it uh, and people will push and push and push. They'll try to go around it. They'll try to go over it. They'll try to go under it and unsuccessfully. So they just continue to push. Uh, and I use the biblical uh, passage um, where Jesus says, resist not evil. And uh, I think of that the wall is evil. Well, if I'm not supposed to resist it, well, the other option is instead of wasting my energy pushing against the wall, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to use my energies for the things that I want to do, for my life's purpose, for having fun, for whatever it is that I want to do. That's kind of what you're talking about, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Life, yeah. Uh, do you, are, do you, have you assisted people through these processes? Uh, maybe somebody's come to you saying, Ellie, I, I need to find my life's purpose. I feel like I'm just drifting from day to day. I don't know where to go next. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that I'm depressed or what have you. It's just, 
I just don't feel like my, my life has real meaning. How do you help people to find that within themselves? By seeing whatever whatever issues are there that, that are keeping them stuck and, mm-hmm. and keeping them from you know, being on track with, with whatever, whatever their purpose is this lifetime. Mm. Um, you know, that, that's what I do. I, I play, I call it playing psychic detective. I get in there and I see what, you know, what are the issues or blocks that are keeping a person from feeling good and, and on purpose and on track with, with what they're here to do. We all have gifts and, um, you know, things to, to contribute when we're here, you know, the, every life counts. Every life is important. So, um, you, you know, a, a really a big part of, of my work is, is empowerment. By, by clearing the issues for the person, they become less dependent on me and more balanced, strong, and empowered uh, in themselves. And, and 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 that's what I like to do. That that's what I, I I pride myself on is helping my clients get stronger. Yeah, we're all here to make a difference. We, you know, and and that varies for each person. Yeah, does it make sense? It does indeed. Now you're a you're a shaman. Is that correct? Yes. And you're a metaphysician. Yeah. And you're a healer. Yeah. And I find it interesting uh, that when I have people on who have these different layers of, of experience as well as knowledge and wisdom and so forth, uh, I often wonder, uh, and I, th- I think it's a great thing to have all of those tools, um, what's, from your perspective, what is the, the difference between uh, the shamanic way of doing things versus, let's just say, and maybe this is in a general sense, I don't know uh, specifically what a metaphysician <laughs> does. All I know is the word means beyond the physical. Uh, but what's the diff- biggest difference from your perspective between those two in terms of how they work together uh, in, your, in your practice, shall we say, in the work that you do? Sure. Um, I see my practice, my work, as having two main branches at this point, 34 years into this. One branch is the shaman branch, um, in which that involves identifying, uh, speaking with, and then removing entities, whether they're spirit attachments, uh, demons, or even aliens from time to time. So that's the shamanic branch of my work. I didn't read about how to become a shaman. I was born as a natural shaman. I've, I've been that in, in previous lifetimes. And I started remembering how to do the shamanic work, how to go inside another person and literally carry out a spirit who was afraid to leave. That was my first memory and experience of doing it in this life. And that was many years ago. Um, I, I've also worked with politicians uh, without them knowing because they tend to attract entities. So, you know, that's one of the things that I'm trying to get sponsored for by people who are looking for a philanthropic cause uh, and, and would like to, to work with me on specific projects that are important to them, mm-hmm. like working with the world leaders, working with you know, the ocean and the marine life and, um, you know, whatever, whatever is important to them. So that's why I have a GoFundMe button on my website. I saw and, that. Um, yeah. So I, I, I know that the, that is going to happen. In the meantime, I, I do it when I have uh, free time, when I have some extra time. I work on, on one of those larger projects. Um, but back to your question, the other main branch of my work is as a metaphysician, which means healer on many levels. And the reason, you know, the way that it applies to the work I do is because I, I intuit and then clear whatever the issue is that is at the top of the list for the client, I I clear the issue from this life. Mm -hmm. So it could be 
trauma from a um, traumatic experience in childhood or family. And, uh, and then I also clear the issue, the same issue, from all past lifetimes. So I really get the whole thing. And that's why my work is so efficient and effective because I'm getting the whole thing every time. Through all those lifetimes. Because it's the same entity, if you will, who has just taken on a new vehicle every so often. <laughs> and it's, it's quite, quite simple in that respect, right? Well, I, well, an entity, I, I want to just be careful to say, you know, entity is, is something, you know, when I think of it, I am thinking in terms of negative energy beings that are affecting a person. Um, but when I'm thinking, you know, when we're talking about the other aspect of my work, which is clearing an issue like grief, depression, trauma, mm -hmm. anxiety, whatever it is, um, and it could be more than one, uh, you know, it's clearing that issue from this life and all previous lifetimes. Yeah. And I don't have to see the lifetimes in order to effectively clear them. And then it's a what was has been a huge issue for a long time, probably for, for most people becomes a non-issue by the end of the session. It's done. It's complete. They feel neutral about it. Past life regression is a big deal for a lot of folks. And I'm wondering uh, what your perspectives are on that, because, uh, of course, usually the, the general reason for one going into past life regression is to learn from those past life experiences to bring it forward to understand why they are the way that they are. But you are doing a whole different thing in that regard, uh, in that you're dealing with the entity who has lived many lives, as you certainly are aware. And so that's really what is encompassing all of those other lives they may have lived. So that, what about that aspect of your healing of those uh, healing of them of those issues versus them learning the lessons that they need to learn from those experiences that you're trying to, so to speak, heal them from is, is, is there a difference there or is it kind of the same thing? That's a great question, Richard. Well, um, you know, there are lessons with, with every uh, pattern that comes up for us. And, and I do, uh, I, I do feel that, that every issue that, that comes up in this life um, has come up in order to be healed. And, uh, uh, you know, a big, just as important as, as, as removing the charge from whatever the issue is, just as important as that is, is um, getting the pearls of wisdom and, and clarity on what the, you know, what the learning is from, from the pattern. Uh, for example, uh, someone who has been bullied uh, in this life and and felt attacked, you know, by others as a main theme mm -hmm. in his or her life. Right. Uh, when I'm working with them, they might say, well, why has this gone on? And what I intuit might be, well, you know, I could I might see them in, in uh, past lifetimes when the, when the roles were reversed and they were the bully. And so they're coming, they've come in uh, to learn the experience of what it's like to be on the other side of that. Yeah. I, so that's the wisdom. Yeah. yeah, I can actually, I can actually sort of relate to that being bullied in school and even catching myself in my adult years uh, actually having to stop myself, realizing you're becoming that which you despised so much <laughs> years ago. Um, yeah. And, and quite honestly, that's an important lesson for each of us to learn from that standpoint that, that um, you know, we have to be real careful. I, 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 it took me years to, uh, I, I moved to California back in 2006, and um, some years later I was diagnosed with high blood pressure, which I never had before. And, of course, I attributed it not to anything physical, and they ran all the tests, and they couldn't find a cause. I said, it's not in the physiology. It's in the psychology. It's in my head. Because I was dealing with, for the first time in my life, uh, 
traffic and driving because I wasn't driving until the age of 38. And wow. uh, someone finally <laughs> came to me and said, they said, Richard, the one thing you have to realize, I know you're, you're frustrated and all that, but the one thing you have to remember is these people did not wake up this morning and say, let's get Richard. And I said, oh, well, that's good. Okay, then maybe I can look at it differently. But then there was another part of me, the ego part of me, that going, they don't care enough about me to make it personal. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been able to put that into the perspective. And also, look, everybody is just trying to get from point A to point B safely. Okay? So just calm down. Uh, so that's helped. And uh, uh, But it's it's really, to me... Uh, a very interesting, uh, the work that you do, uh, I've met a lot of uh, uh, healers, a lot of practitioners. I myself am a Reiki master uh, going back, what, gosh, 20, 25 years or more. Nice, nice, wonderful. Um, I have really tried to listen to my intuition. I, we talk about that all the time here on this program. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, I, I use the example that I, I've, I, I was bicycling to work one day back in Phoenix and, um, this was uh, a bicycling, uh, uh, between farm fields. I mean, they, they were mile square farm fields and then, of course the roads were paved. I mean, and all of that. And I got this impression, okay, up at the next corner, you need to turn right, go up to the next corner, which is another mile, turn left. Then get to the end of that corner, turn left again, and get back down to the road that you're on now. For whatever reason, I was not to travel that mile on the road I was on, road A. I was to travel B, C, D, back to A. And I went a half a mile down road A. And it would, the, the, impression, the, 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 the impression wouldn't go away. I literally turned around, went back to road B, up to C, over to D, back down to A. I don't know why I was been had been given that impression. I don't know if I avoided something. I don't know if it was just a test, you know, to see if I really trusted, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but one of the things I have learned is that uh, uh, that still small voice will never put you in harm's way. And uh, it's only for your highest good. But if you're going to listen to it, you need to follow it. What's the point of listening if you're not going to? So I, I put a lot of stock in, uh, in intuition. Ellie Pachette, I want to thank you so much for being with us here on the program. This has been fascinating, and I hope that uh, when we get back together again in 2020, uh, later in this year, uh, we're going to have a whole lot more to talk about in regards to the work that you're doing, some of the things that you're seeing, uh, because I wanted to get into some of that, but we're fast approaching uh, the end of our time here. And uh, again, I thank you for your contributions to Chaos to Clarity, published by Sacred Stories Publishing. Uh, com is the website where folks can get that book they can also get your books at your website and uh, that website for you of course is phoenixrisinghealing.com they can find out more about the work that you do get a copy of Hitching a Ride which is a guide to earthbound spirits uh, and how they affect you as well as uh, Wake Up Women Be You and, of course, the stories that you have contributed to Chaos to Clarity. And we really do appreciate uh, the time. And should you find yourself uh, here on the West Coast, we'd love to have you in studio to continue this conversation. Oh, thanks, Richard. I've really enjoyed this interview. It's been really, uh, really wonderful speaking with you. Before I let you go, first I want to, I have three final questions for you, uh, but I want to let our listeners know about the podcasts that are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and a whole lot more. When you're listening to the podcast, click on that little grocery cart in the upper right-hand corner. It's going to take you to Ellie's website, and uh, you'll be able to uh, get more more information, as I mentioned earlier, that, of course, again, is phoenixrisinghealing.com, as well as if you'd like to support the efforts that we are doing here, we have a PayPal and Patreon account to support the radio broadcast as well as the podcast. Uh, and uh, I'm a one-man band of sorts, but it still takes uh, takes uh, uh, paying the SoundCloud people and the web hosting people and so forth. So if you can help us out, hey, thank you. If you can just send us some great energy uh, and support, we'll take that as well. Let me ask uh, the first of three questions to you. The first is, who is 
Ellie Pichette. <laughs> Can you be a little more specific? Answer that in any way you choose. Who is Ellie Pichette? Um, well, I, I'm here to uh, to make a difference, to learn, to learn my own lessons. And, uh, you know, I, I find it very important to, to be walking the, the spiritual path. Uh, uh, and um, staying in balance, working on staying in balance on a regular basis so that I can do my, my big work, which is helping every client that I work with, human and animal. Uh, and I'm really here for the, for the big picture, really here to make a positive difference while I'm in the physical vessel. All right. Second question. And again, having possibly answered this sometime during the interview, but I'd like to ask the questions uh, directly just the same. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? I, my mission is to raise the vibration of humanity. And, um, and, and that is done by each, each person that I work with. And eventually I would, I would like to, um, I see myself working with groups so that I can affect more people more quickly and, uh, you know, therefore increase the, the vibration of humanity on, on the planet. That's really, that's really the, the big picture. Okay. And, all right. And finally, what is your life's purpose? That's my life's purpose is um, to, to help every person that, I, that I, I work with, to help the whales, to help the marine life, to help the, you know, the, the, the black bears, um, uh, to help animals and, and people and reduce healing and the stuck places and increase the, the, um, the healing, which increases the vibration automatically. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. And thank you so much for those answers. And again, thank you so much for joining us here on Tell Me Your Story. We are going to have you back uh, later on this year to talk more about the work that you're doing at phoenixrisinghealing.com. Very good. Thanks, Richard. You're nice being on with you. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until next time, love to love.